Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Personal camera, can I get the yeah, camera? Go ahead, four. Okay. The Chicago Bears should fire Matt Nagy today. Right. Because yesterday's game plan, which was the worst one I've ever seen in my life, was either negligence or intentional. It's been 149 days since the Bears drafted Justin Fields. You had 149 days to start to build a game plan around the skill set of this young man, and it was an embarrassment. Justin Fields threw the ball 20 times yesterday. 13 times they went with five-man protection with no help for their offensive line. 13 out of 20. Yesterday you showed us that you are incapable of designing the proper game plan around a dynamic quarterback, or you showed us, showed us that it was intentional, that you wanted him to fail, and you set him up to be a disaster. There it is, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN's The Get Up Show, Alyssa, not holding back, I think carrying the flag for how a lot of Bears fans are feeling. Just a perfect rant. Uh, saying straight up that the Bears should fire Matt Nagy, and, and, and I want to get into that conversation coming up here in a little bit, but some of the things he says here, like, it was either negligence or intentional, suggesting that Matt Nagy might have intentionally set Fields up for a disaster, maybe to get some of the pressure to start him off his back. Or I don't know. It's a conspiracy theory for sure, but I subscribe to conspiracy theory, so I, I'm all for it. I think at the end of the day, the reality is that this game plan was embarrassing, not tailored to Fields' strengths, and that's why the fans and the media are so irate over the head coach right now. And that's that's where we're at, right? Matt Nagy is completely under fire right now. As he should be. I mean, the offense goes out, you know, and puts up the worst performance it's had in 40 years. <laughs> you know, and you think back to not even getting to the Justin Fields at all, which that's why everyone is so angry, right? Because this is the guy that was brought in to be the, the savior. And you might, you know, Nagy might ruin him. And that's, that's a genuine concern at this point. But, you know, you look at the offense and what it did. I know Cleveland has a, a great defense, but, I mean, we looked last week and how the Texans were able to move the ball on them. And, you know, it's just – it's baffling, right? And you kind of see, like, what they put up, 47 yards. I don't – I mean, there was a – It's the, unreal. The, it was insane. You know, Justin, Justin Tucker's field goal was longer than that. And, you know, then you had that penalty that they had was actually 48 yards. That was longer than the total number of yards uh, that they put up. But, you know – it's weird because, you know, obviously Nagy was brought in to fix the offense. And when you look at it, it's gotten progressively worse every year. It's not even like any incremental progress at all. It's getting worse every single year, even though you now have a better quarterback situation. So it's just really frustrating. And it goes back to Justin Fields because, I mean, he just kind of threw him to the dogs is what it felt like. The game plan was horrible. It's like he forgot that Andy Dalton wasn't starting. 
and he threw his rookie quarterback to the dogs, the two of the best pass rushers in the league, just ate him up. He was sacked nine times. Like, I'm surprised that I think, you know, he had an x-ray on his hand, his throwing hand. He had hurt, but, you know, it, there were, it was negative. He appears to be good to go. I mean, we'll, we'll learn more on, on later in the week. But the fact that that's the worst that it was, it could have been a lot worse. For, for what happened and how he was just kind of thrown out there. Nagy didn't give him a chance. And I know, you know, I don't think he intentionally did it right, you know, but it feels like it. And the fact that someone like Orlovsky and a lot of the media are even kind of going with that narrative is that that's how bad it was, that it feels like it was intentional because someone can't be that stupid, right? Like, right. it's just ridiculous. I mean, with Fields, I mean, they, were, he, they didn't roll him out. They didn't bring him any help. There were no chip blocks you know, on Miles Garrett, who just had four and a half sacks, setting team records. And it's just really infuriating the game plan. And it goes back to the same problem that's been in place since 2019. It's Matt Nagy. I mean, there this week there were people, like Bears fans, like formally apologizing to Mitchell Trubisky because they <laughs> I love realized that he that's wasn't. A great, that's been a great little storyline. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, I mean, he was a problem. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, he wasn't the guy. But they're starting to say that Nagy was an even bigger problem, especially now when they see that they managed to make Justin Fields look like that when, you know, he's a great quarter. He's a good quarterback. So, I mean, I, just, I think I think that they put Fields the way that it kind of looked like they put Fields in danger in a little bit like or Nagy did. And it's really concerning. You know, maybe maybe we want Dalton when he's healthy and maybe we stick Fields in bubble wrap until the new head coach comes in. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think why people are so irate and and we talked about this last week, like what's going to be the game plan? We talked about literally the game plan, right? And we were saying that it could go two ways, right? It could be either either they micromanage the thing like the Patriots are doing with Mac Jones or they let Fields do his thing and be more free like the Jets are doing with Zach Wilson. Now, again, I don't think the Jets are doing great with Zach Wilson, but we were trying to find some happy medium in there, right? And unfortunately, the Bears came out and micromanaged the quarterback and especially Matt Nagy micromanaged the quarterback in the game plan so much that Miles Garrett comes out after the game and says, yeah, you know, after the first drive, we felt like we had, we knew exactly what they were doing. And it played out that way, right? I mean, the Browns certainly played on defense like they knew what was coming. And Miles Garrett, I mean, they moved him inside, outside. It did not matter. They moved him around the defensive line and he just ate all game long. And it was, yeah, again, if I was hit by Miles Garrett once, I'd be in the hospital. And Justin Fields is getting hit by Miles Garrett all game long. So he's a tough kid if he can bounce back and play this week. I hope he can. But, yeah, it goes back to this, exactly what we talked about last week. If you're going to micromanage the quarterback and just dumb it down that much, Alyssa, then start Nick Foles. Start Nick Foles and sprinkle in Justin Fields with that, you know, that situational package. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you thought was best for the team and best for Fields' development, yeah, maybe we'll get on here and yell about it. Maybe the fans won't love it, but whatever. At least it's consistent, right? Just like bringing Fields out there and just dumbing down the, the game plan so much that Miles Garrett and the Browns know exactly what you're doing after one series. I mean, that's where we're at, right? That's why we're so irate because, you know, and then in the presser this week, you know, Monday saying that, okay, well, maybe Nick Foles, Dalton Fields, all these guys are on the table. Maybe we'll see Foles this week. It's like, no, too late for that. No, this would have been the game to play Nick Foles. That would have been consistent. So I think that's where I jump off. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? You could have just put Nick Foles in. You could have been consistent. Instead, you put the kid out there and dumbed it down so much that the Browns knew exactly what you were doing. Like that is just inexcusable. Yeah, and this is the kind of game where, I mean, I don't think, I think Fields will be fine, but it's the kind of game that could stick with a rookie quarterback for a long time. Like, you saw him on the, Fields on the sideline just kind of 
looking like, you know, this never happened at Ohio State. Tough right? to wash you know, this like, one off. Yeah, it's just, tough to wash it off. It didn't happen in high school. It didn't happen in college. I, I never had, the, uh, you know, this definition of a play caller before or like been under duress this much. Like it, it was insane, especially because in the week leading up to like once they officially announced Fields as a starter, you know, Nagy was, you know, talking about how, you know, they were going to be opening this playbook that they've been designing specifically for Fields since he was drafted, right? And how it's going to look completely different from the Andy Dalton offense. And he goes out there and it's the same damn playbook. Yep. I feel like Nagy's all talk. I know we're going to, you know, get into this a little bit later about like he needs to give up play calling. I can't believe we're at this point again because he probably, he never should have had it back, to be honest. But it, it just felt like really just, you know, negligent. Like what he, what he did, it's, you know, that, that's why my Bears fans are so upset, you know, and the fact we're in week four now and we're already and like Bears fans are calling for Matt Nagy's head. And it's not the situation. At one point, I thought that Fields might save Nagy's job. And now I think that, you know, I think that Nagy may have there's a I think there's a legit chance that he could be fired. It feels beyond repair. And, and I want to talk about that here coming up. But I thought Rex Ryan, if we would have if we were to play that clip after Orlovsky on the get up show a little bit longer. Rex Ryan chimes in and it goes with kind of some of your commentary when you were kind of going through it. Uh, it was 30 dropbacks for fields in the game, 21 of them with five man protection. So what that means is no extra protection with you. You talked about the tight ends chipping or anything like the running backs, like just no extra protect protection for the rookie quarterback who's getting just eaten alive in the pocket. And the offensive line is really hard, having a hard time with that. Cleveland defense and we said it last week I mean that's that was going to be a challenge no matter what you got Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney like it doesn't get much tougher than that it's a really really good Browns defense on the road tough spot and the fact that Nagy refused to move the pocket get Fields outside use his athleticism use his legs I mean Fields had one scramble that was kind of I don't think it was designed, right? He just escaped the pocket and scrambled early. And that was it. He didn't rush for anything in this in this game. And the coach didn't give him a chance. And, you know, Rex Ryan was talking about 30 dropbacks and 21 times with five-man protection that he wouldn't even do that with Tom Brady. Like, so this is why people are just, like, looking in disbelief at this game plan. But you were talking about the mobility piece. Like, why didn't they get fields outside the pocket, Alyssa? Is there any explanation for why they wouldn't use the kids' athleticism and mobility? None at all. I think Nagy talked about how, like, really, because he was talking about how he's going to use, you know, fields' mobility because that's part of his game. And you remember earlier last week when Brad Biggs was asking Nagy, you know, who's the starting quarterback? And he's like, I'm not going to say that's about scheme. What scheme? It was the same damn playbook. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it made no sense. But he laid, like, Nagy after the game said, that, you know, that's what they expected. That they, they knew the Browns defense knew that's what they were going to do. Well, well, why are you letting the defense dictate what you do? Aren't you supposed to, you know, dictate what they do? You know, try to, you know, try to throw something or anything out of them. Make, make adjustments. That was one of my biggest pet peeves about this entire game is that even after halftime, when you were still in this game, like miraculously because of this defense who, I mean, I don't even care that, you know, you know, I know there was that long touchdown run that with the missed tackles for Kareem Hunt. I don't even care because they were on the field for 40 minutes, right? And they were doing everything they could to keep them in the game. So I'm not even I, – I can't even be mad at the defense. Yep. I really can't. Yep. And so the fact that they were still in this game and they made no adjustments whatsoever at halftime, none. It, it, it's just really, really infuriating. Like this kid's mobility, how do you – and kind of going to what Orlovsky mentioned, right, about how they had – you know, since the moment they drafted him, 
to come up with this game plan and nothing. It's just, it boggles my mind. I, I, I have no idea. I'm like at a loss for words. Yeah, he doesn't want to do something that he thinks the defense knows is coming. But Miles Garrett is saying after the game that we knew what was coming. We knew exactly what they were doing after the first series. So midway through the first quarter, the Browns had it all figured out. Scary, scary. So everyone's upset, Alyssa. We're upset. All the fans are upset. NFL media, they're upset. So let's get into it. Fire Matt Nagy. That is what people are chanting all over the place. You could Google it. It's all over social media. Let's talk about that a little bit. What would happen if the Bears really looked at letting the head coach go midseason? We'll talk about that coming up next. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to week number four of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays. After a forgettable week three, Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback of the New England Patriots, takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. While normally I would avoid a rookie quarterback against this pass rush, the pass rush just hasn't been there yet for the Bucs. Only Washington has given up more points to quarterbacks, and that's mainly due to allowing a pair of rushing touchdowns. No team has given up more yardage than Tampa. There's a good chance that Tom Brady's offense will force the Patriots to throw more than they'd like. Running back Jonathan Taylor at the Miami Dolphins. Traditionally, I avoid players who are considered to be locks for lineups each week, but Taylor's been off to a sluggish start. In the event you're one of those antsy gamers who's looking to possibly bench him, a trip to the Miami Dolphins defense should do wonders. This unit has given up over 120 rushing yards, over 52 receiving yards, and a touchdown every 20.4 touches. This is a top 10 matchup across the board for fantasy football purposes. Lock in Taylor and expect a strong game despite the offensive line issues at the moment. Wide receiver Christian Kirk, Arizona Cardinals at Los Angeles Rams. Playing more than 60% of his snaps from the slot, Kirk is averaging a career-high in fantasy points per game and a career-high in receiving average. DeAndre Hopkins still may not be 100% by kickoff after suffering a rib injury in Week 2, and he and A.J. Green will have to contend with two of the strongest cornerbacks in the NFL. Expect the strong defense by the Rams on the outside to divert Kyler Murray to throwing inside to Christian Kirk. Rookie tight end Pat Fryer moves to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. He is clearly the go-to tight end with Eric Ebron falling way behind on the target count. And Fryermuth has been more productive. This is a matchup that has game script for pass-heavy offense written all over it. Only one team has given up more receptions to tight ends than the Packers. This is the ninth best matchup to face for yardage. And this is the fourth best team to face for scoring efficiency. Target hog wide receiver Deontay Johnson is expected to return. There's no guarantee that he'll be 100%. While we may be one month into the season already, it's not too late. Go over to thehuddle.com to check out our award-winning fantasy football news, information, and advice. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA say today bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado all right Alyssa should the Bears fire Matt Nagy midseason well I know that there's fire Matt Nagy petitions that have popped up online so certainly the fans are on the same page with firing the head coach I don't know if there's a fan out there apologizing for Matt Nagy at this point I, I think even his supporters or apologists have thrown in the towel at this point this is as low as it gets what was it like yeah you talked about the the Justin Tucker field goal had it wasn't only more yards than the Bears gained it was way more yards than the Bears gained the 66 yard field goal so uh crazy 
unfortunately, I think the McCaskies kind of failed to pull the trigger in the offseason. And now you're in a rough spot, right? If you were like, if we flesh this out a little bit, should the Bears really consider firing the head coach? Would that, you know, propel the team? Would that help the team? Well, you're in a situation now where don't you would have to promote from within, right? And hire an in, interim head coach, promote somebody. And who would it be? Would it be Bill Lazor? who we saw handle play calling duties last season and do a pretty good job as the Bears got into the playoffs? Like, maybe. But for me, it's like, I don't want to see Bill Lazor become the interim head coach and call the plays. You know what I mean? Like, I would rather it be, okay, Lazor's the interim head coach and, like, DeFilippo's calling the plays or something. I'm sick of the head coach calling the plays because I just don't think that that Sunday night game with the Packers and the 49ers with the two head coaches buried in their play sheets the whole time, even when the defenses are on the field, I can't stand that. I just, that's not my my thing. I I want the head coach to manage the game and let other guys call the freaking plays. Mad Nagy. Uh, But, like, how would that look to you? Like, if the Bears were to fire the head coach, if that's something that really happens midseason, it would have to be an interim type of deal, right? And how do you think the team would approach that if that happened? Yeah, and it's, you know, kind of crazy to think that, you know, in, in franchises entire history, they've never fired a head coach midseason. But this could actually be the time because, I mean, you look at next week, if they lose to the Lions, that it's going to be it's going to be ugly Rock because bottom. you want to know what's yep. coming up. You have six games coming up that you should that they'll probably lose. So you could be looking at an eight game losing streak right there. And I don't know how he would, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't even think he would make it through the losing streak to be quite honest. Maybe they fire him at the bye week, but you know, kind of going back to who would assume that duty. I think when you look at, you know, they have Bill Lazor and they have Sean Desai who I think they can take care of business on, you know, calling the plays on offense and defense. And, you know, someone that kind of comes to mind is Mike Pettin, who uh, they hired as a senior defensive assistant. You know, he has head coaching experience. Like he's someone I think that could step into that role. Right. And really, and, you know, do, do a decent job while you let Desai who's doing a great job with that defense continue to do his thing. And Bill Lazor, who managed to find some success last year with the offense, Granted, I know they played much easier defenses, you know, at, towards the end of the year, but that's like the first time you saw the offense the entire season kind of move the ball and, you know, score effectively and actually score 30 points. I think it was like in four, three or four straight games, which was just uncalled for. Um, so, I mean, I think, yeah, I would look at probably someone as Mike Pettin. I, I could even see Bill Lazor, but my preference would probably be, like you said, you know, have the play callers do their own thing, right? And then have a head coach that's going to take care of you know, the head coaching duties. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, why the hell is Matt Nagy calling the plays again? Right. Like this is why, why, <laughs> we, why is it, we probably did this in the preseason, but let's revisit this. Right. Because it's a disaster and it was a disaster last year. He sucked at it last year and it was like you had to pry it out of, you know, a play sheet. You had to pry it out of his cold, dead fingers. Right. And they finally let it happen. And Bill Lazor takes over and the team. Yeah, maybe it softened up the schedule did, but still they went on a little run. The offense looked better. They get to the playoffs. And then Matt Nagy decides in the offseason, oh, no, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take that back. It's like, why? Like, that's just like, isn't that a horrible look, right? That he took it back and nothing changes. And it just it's even gotten worse this year. Like, that's such a bad look, isn't it? It really is. It's like essentially last year he fired himself, right? Yeah, yeah, true. Coordinator yeah, true. And calling plays. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's a new year. I'm rehired. I'm back. <laughs> I, I want to do it again. Right. I mean, give me another chance coach oh wait i'm the head coach i can make this decision okay sorry bill laser you're back a, on the sideline it's such I'm a bad plays. look it's so bad it is such a bad look and i mean this is something that like we've talked about with matt Nagy. he's so stubborn you know he wants to do it his way or the highway and granted you know he's gonna live or die by that right he's probably gonna die by it getting fired 
whether it's midseason or at the end of the year, or, you know, sooner rather than later. But, you know, he's always wanted to, he's talked about how much he likes calling plays and all that. Well, you're not really good at it. And it's, it takes a loss like this where it's not just bad, it's the worst game that he's had, which is saying a lot because there was a game where the Bears had nine yards in the first half in 2019. Like, that's pretty bad. And they still managed to finish with more yardage than the Bears did on Sunday against the Browns. So it, it just it's getting worse and worse. There needs to be some kind of change. It's almost kind of like you wonder, I you know, whether there's a conversation that went on. I was like, okay, Matt, so a change needs to be done. So either you're going to need a handover play calling duties or, you know, you're out, right? Something, because they can't lose to the Lions. They should beat the Lions. They're the more talented team, and that defense is really good. But if they lose because of Van Nagy, because he sticks with the same game plan, because it's going to be fields. You know, Andy Dalton should be out a couple more weeks probably with that, with that bone bruise in his knee. If they lose to the Lions with Justin Fields and he looks even kind of remotely like he did the last couple of weeks, it's going to get ugly. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why he's still calling plays, Ryan. I really don't. Yeah, it's, I mean, and again, and I bring it up because it was asked during his presser and he was like, oh, hey, guys, everything's on the table. And I'm like, oh, we, we did a show about this isn't. last year. Like, I remember that show we did. It was the Everything on the mm-hmm. Table show. And it, it, we, were try, we, were, we were on it for weeks. <laughs> we we're like, he's got to give up play calling. And he finally did. And it's like, wait, we're doing this again? Like, why does, why does he have it back? So it's so frustrating. And then I think that was a, so that was one frustrating thing that came out of his Monday, you know, morning after presser. And then the fact that, you know, you said it should be fields against the Lions. I agree. But the fact that he's saying it, it's it, it's either going to be Dalton Fields or Foles, like it could be any of them. Everything's on the table. They're still evaluating that thing, trying to figure out if, if Fields is OK after getting, you know, thrown around like a rag doll by Miles Garrett for four quarters last week. I mean, that was pretty frustrating, too. And I think the fans didn't like that either that the fact that he's saying oh everything's on the table with all three quarterbacks it's like oh man here we go again with the mind games i mean i think i understand what he was trying to say that if fields or dalton couldn't go that it would be be false but he didn't really communicate that effectively no, he's not good you know at what i mean part. like yeah. he, he's not good at that right head coach that can't communicate considering they're supposed to be collabor- good collaborators or whatever right but yeah like i mean i don't for a second believe that Foles is going to be starting unless you know we come back on Wednesday and like maybe feel his hand, you know, his, his, his x are negative, but maybe his hands, you know, swelled up and it is his throwing hand or, you know, you know what, I know what Ryan, maybe just maybe, right. Cause this is what Nagy wanted to do. Maybe he's like, Oh wait, feels his hand, you know, still not quite 100%. So we're going to roll with bulls. Right. I mean, I could see either of those scenarios playing out, whether, they're rolling with fields to play it uh, with Foles to play it safe with fields or, you know, going with fields who should be hopefully is fine to go because this is the kind of game that I think fields needs, right? You have an opponent that you should be able to be handedly to he, I mean, Mitch Trubisky thrived against the lions. He made an entire, his entire bears career about yes. being a lions player. Yep. yep. If, if Trubisky can do that and with what he was working with, with Nagy, with, you know, most of, you know, a lot of these same offensive linemen, and with the, the weapons that he has, then why shouldn't Fields, right? So I think that he should, I mean, he's going to, I still think he's going to play, but this is the kind of game that he needs, a bounce back game, especially with with the six games coming up after that, where it, it could, they could very easily go 0-6. Well, the sky is falling. We don't officially know who the quarterback's going to be, but we do know the Bears are favored over the Lions. So that should tell you something. Uh, so Alyssa and I, we're going to dive into the matchup a little bit more 
Look at the spread. Pick a side. But first, our friends at the Sportsbook Wire have their play of the week. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of BetSleven Podcast and SportsbookWire.com. Here with my colleague, Jeff Clark, to break down the marquee Sunday night football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New England Patriots. The Buccaneers are six and a half point road favorites at minus 122 odds in the battle of Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Buccaneers are my pick to win by seven or more. This line seems soft. I don't care about Brady Belichick. This is a Super Bowl caliber Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Hasn't looked apart so far. Better days are ahead, and those are going to come against rookie Mac Jones and the Patriots. Jeff. I'm with you. I got the Buccaneers. I'll lay more than a touchdown or whatever it gets to. Brady's got all the motivation and all the help around him that Belichick doesn't. And Mac Jones is graded out or, excuse me, is discussed as if he were better than the rookie quarterbacks, whereas I think he's as bad as the rookie quarterbacks. And we should see a get-right game for the Tampa Bay defense that struggled through the first three weeks. I'll lay whatever with the Bucks. Let's just call it a touchdown. That was your typical sports book fantasy minute win your fantasy football league with the huddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typico sportsbook for a limited time new typico sportsbook users in colorado and new jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast that's usatodaybet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in new jersey 1-800-522-4700 in colorado All right, Alyssa, as we've been talking about, a lot of uncertainty with the team, but the Bears are favored at home. Minus two and a half. So they're giving away two and a half points. The Lions are a weird team. They're hard to judge. They're tied with the Chiefs, actually, for something. This is not a good look for the Chiefs being tied with the Lions and anything, but they've allowed 95 points through three games. So they're easy to score on. Now, two of those games were against the 49ers and the Packers, but still... Unlike the Browns game, this is not a scary defense, and the Bears should be able to score some points, I hope. And I'm, and I'm looking at the typical sportsbook app, and the Bears over-under for points, just their points, is 22.5. And the Lions have given up 76 combined points to two teams, 49ers and Packers. So can the Bears get to 23? That's where I'm at. Like, the Bears should be able to get to 23 regardless of the quarterback, right? Like, I feel confident in that. What do you think about the Bears being able to score against this Lions team? I mean, I think they should. They have in the past, and they tend to do better against the Lions at home. Uh, but like, at, like with everything happening, you're nervous. Maggie has me. You're nervous. I'm really nervous about this. Like, I am, and I have family that are Lions fans. So I really don't want to hear it from them <laughs> if like something happens on Sunday. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they should. Like, they really should. Like, the Lions, they don't have the best roster, but they play hard and until the end of the game. And like when they almost pulled out that comeback against the 49ers, I know that they, they, they stayed in it longer with, with the Packers. And I thought that they would on that Monday night game. And, you know, obviously that, that field goal is, uh, is brutal for them. Like they should, they should probably be two and one. That was unbelievable. Like they, they could be- very easily be two and one. They beat the Ravens. They did. They beat them. They uh, did that beat was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I don't give the Ravens any credit for that field. goal. And just like going back to that, I just feel like it's a slap in the face how, like, other teams can doink a field goal and it goes in, but, like, ours didn't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 2018. Good point. I'm just like, it's so not fair. Every time I see that, and I'm like, are you kidding? That went in? The really? Doink. The doink special. 
I did pick the Ravens in my survivor pool, so I was very happy when that ball doinked in. I was very, very happy. Uh, I feel like there might be a little bit of recency bias just because the Bears looked so freaking horrible last week. I feel like there could be some of that in this line. I think two and a half. I feel pretty confident to lay the points. I, I look at the Lions. Mm-hmm. They play hard, but their leading receiver is the tight end, Hawkinson, and then their next best receiver is the running back, Swift. So they don't have those wide receivers that really scare you, right? And it's Jared Goff. I think you know how I feel about Jared Goff. Have I talked about Jared Goff to you before? Yeah, I, yes, you yeah, have, yeah. for sure. I think he blows. I, I'm not a Jared Goff guy. Uh, so <laughs> I, I feel like I don't even know if the head coach can screw it up for the Bears this week. I, I just feel like they have the better team. They have a much better defense. You're playing Jared Goff, and he doesn't have a lot of targets. Can you take away the tight end? I'd like to think the Bears can do that, right? So uh, I don't see the Lions getting, you know, their over-under on Tipico is 19 and a half, and I, I don't see them scoring 19, the Lions. If they do, I'll be really disappointed in the Bears. I think they're around 14, something like that, 10, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bears can win this thing like 24, 17, that type of score. I mean, that's what I'm kind of predicting. So I'm, I'm going to lay the points at two and a half. I'm going to take the Bears. And I think the total at 42 and a half, I think I still lean under because I don't really believe in the lines. And I think this could be a good day for the Bears defense. I do believe with all the crap going on on the offensive side of the football, Alyssa, the defense should step up and win this game. And they've showed us that they can. And I hope that they will because the Bears need the defense to go out and have a game. Yeah, absolutely. I think they will, too. I mean, like you mentioned with Jared Goff, he's 0-10 without Sean McVay now. So, I mean... I mean, it would be so bears for that to become one in 10, but no, I, I mean, it, I don't, it can't happen. <laughs> don't see it, it happening. Happen. No, it can't. I mean, I don't see that happening. I see it being a very low scoring affair on both sides, but I do see the bears defense obviously coming up big uh, to kind of save them like they did. Maybe they get, you know, another pick six, right. Yeah. You know, you kind of look back at week one after the bears just kind of got blasted and how they responded the following week, which was well, especially on defense. So, right. Cause the defense had a really, terrible game in week one they came back and they lit it up in week two and that's kind of what you hope to see from the offense as well obviously you want the defense the defense to continue how it's been playing but you also want the offense to kind of have that bounce back game and for and again a lot of that falls on Matt Nagy but you know the players are also going to need to step up like I need to see more 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 of Cole Komet (laughs) right Jimmy Graham has like been virtually invisible and you're paying him like eight million dollars this year and he's been targeted how many times like eight this year i I don't well at least he's active on social media right doing that thing he is (laughs) social media (laughs) if you're not gonna show up on the field show up on social yeah yeah they are the players are upset did you see nick Foles? you know talking to andy dalton on the sideline i didn't see it but i read it in your article yeah i go ahead that's great. Yeah, he was like mouthing this offense isn't working. And like, I love Nick Foles. Like, I'm, I'm getting a newfound respect for him again yep. because he's, he's someone who's called out Matt Nagy before. And I respect the hell out of him for it. And he's like doing it kind of just, you know, sidestepping. Andy Dalton's covering his mouth as he's talking. Nick Foles is like, I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it air for everyone to see kind of thing. I was going to say, I think this was the exact time last year when we did our like Nick Foles episode right oh, our yes. we love nick Foles episode we had one episode where we were all in on nick Foles, and i think this was the time of the year yeah but that doesn't mean we want to see him start no like, no 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 not at all but like i respect nick Foles for especially you know standing up to matt, to matt nagy so especially because this is like we're on the hashtag fire fire nagy train so Absolutely. yeah but you know like you're saying i i don't i don't see them losing this game i mean because uh, the offense can't get worse than it was last week literally was the worst in 40 years like it can't get worse than that because that was a really good defense that they went up against. 
the Lions defense, it's I, I think it's even worse than the Bengals defense. Obviously, uh, the offense did have their share of struggles against the Bengals, but you know, you hope again it goes back to Matt Nagy and that game plan and what he sets up for field. So I again I feel like I mean you wanna hope, but I can't I can't say I have any faith in Nagy because like we've seen how it's happened over what has happened over these four years. And but I, I do think the offense will this could be the rebound game that they need. And it's it's so Matt Nagy for him to have a game like that that he should be fired for him to bounce back against a poor opponent and get a win to kind of alleviate that pressure, right? But yeah, don't worry, yeah. there are six games after that that, you know, really should, you know, seal the deal, hopefully. So you're you're talking yourself out of picking the Lions. That's good, uh, but do, but do you feel better? Like this was this was kind of like a venting sesh, right? You you had to kind of get some oh, of the anger absolutely. out. So do you feel better after all this? I do. I would feel even better once Matt Nagy's off this team and gets his hands <laughs> away from Justin Fields. So, like, so I don't want Alyssa Barbieri is on the petition online, signing the petition. <laughs> absolutely, and you know what? I, I mean, they never fired a head coach midseason. What better time to start than now? That's the first time, for <laughs> especially when you have everyone in the media calling for it. I mean. Yeah, what a week. That change. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being being the head coach and seeing all the headlines and everything on. He, he's seen it. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's it's everywhere you look. It is wild, uh, but you know, it's a good time to play the Lions. I guess a chance to bounce back and look a little bit better. So, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, the Bears. Uh, hopefully, they look a little bit better this week. I think they will, and we'll be back next week to break it down. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.